0: Welcome back to Bulls with the Bard. My name is Cakes, I am your host. Today we're talking with Terrence Fleming. Terrence is from Mobile, Alabama, and he got his BFA in acting from the University of Southern Mississippi, Southern Mississippi to the top. Since graduating, his journey continues in Baltimore, Maryland. The city has been very giving to him, his partner Emily Clayson, who is also an actor, and his two cats, Titus and Fox. He has been honored to be able to perform in theaters in the DMV and he is currently in Much Ado About Nothing at the Shakespeare Theatre Company, which runs until December 18th. Along with that, he has been able to meet many cool and interesting people who aren't exclusive to the performing industry. Since moving to Baltimore, Terrence has also joined Volo, formerly known as Baltimore Social, a social sports league with many options of recreational activity. His go-to is flag football. While playing, Terrence has been able to build relationships with people from many different professional backgrounds. Now, when it comes to candy, Terrence likes almost anything chewy, and if he drinks a soda, it is normally of the Mountain Dew variety. Rising from the ashes that was the pandemic, Terrence has finally been able to get the wheels rolling on some writing projects. He's very happy with the progress and potential he has found in his writing. Terence does what he loves and loves what he does, and we love Terence for that. Terence is here with us today to talk about his experience with Volo and to talk a little bit about how the Shakespeare industry can do better by the Black community. I am ecstatic to share our conversation with you, but first... As always, we got a little high. All right, y'all, we are back talking about The Plague with Terrence Fleming. Terrence, how did you spend your quarantines?
1: Um, you know, I, I I would say probably very similar to a lot of other people. You know, you, you jump into it and you're trying to find that fine line of um, oh, I have the time that I've always wanted to, to to do these things and these these and things um and these things and feeling that pressure to like get them done and not feeling like oh I wasted that time and so I'm a waste. You know, nothing like that. Um, but but you know, walking the fine line of not going too far into that realm, while also giving yourself the um the grace of knowing, like, hey, you know, this is an impactful time. This could also be a time of rest that ev- that everyone needed that that everyone didn't necessarily know that we needed, and so walking that fine line of starting the process of writing the screenplays or plays or short films that I wanted to write. But then on the days where, you know, I, I'm I think to myself, Oh, I can't waste these hours. Let me try to get this writing in while I got it, taking a step back and pausing and and understanding, be like, hey, you know, like, let's let's be kind to yourself. Let, let, let's let continue to show grace to yourself. Because it, this is also a stressful time. And you're using this writing and stuff and trying to stay busy and do all those things to try to keep your attention away from the fact that the theaters are shut down. The fact that people are losing jobs. The fact that you have people close to you and, and close to other people that you know that, that are dying from this thing. And so, um, like, I, like you know, I, like I would say, just like everyone, like trying to feel as good about yourself and what you're doing with your time as I possibly could and and I think that you know I think I I personally can look at how I spent that time and I think that I didn't necessarily finish screenplays that I wanted to finish but but I found momentum in them and I found I started some of them I learned how to write an outline you know and 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 tra- and and just learn these different things. I found different YouTube pages so that I could still find that time to relax while also taking in the information. Because as we know, info is everywhere. We just got to find it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would say like that's in a you know a full circle of of words. Just that just then, um, I would say like that's kind of how I was able to spend that time and 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 try my best not to <laughs> let it hit my psyche as hard as it possibly could have and the way that it possibly did hit other people so
0: yeah yeah well I really appreciate you saying that I feel like we haven't had many guests talk about the idea of rest during that time and holy cow did I not realize how much I needed it until a month in when I was like I feel better even though I haven't seen people that's Strange. Okay. So yeah, I think that's, that's a great point to bring up. I know when the world opened up a little bit, you engaged in some sports. I uh, follow you yeah. on Instagram. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I love watching you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, like, um, well, prior to um, acting, like sports was my, um my main avenue. And so um. But as, you know, as a a lot of us have found, you know, the art stole my heart. And but but being physically active um, plays a huge part on my like mental and emotional state just because it it was always such a huge part in my life. And and this field doesn't always allow me to go to the certain spot that sports uh, allowed me to as far as pushing my body to a certain extent and, and walking that fine line of not not hurting yourself while also defying, defying what you feel like your limit is and, and those moments are just so exhilarating to me. And so and we get to do it, you know, every day in different ways, but being able to be put in positions to do it physically and to exert that type of energy doesn't, you know, doesn't present itself as often as it did when I was playing sports constantly and in, in school. And so when I moved to Baltimore, I was like, okay, you know, I want to try to find that. And and so I just was online or and and I was on Facebook and I just saw something that said on um, Baltimore Social which is now called um Volo but um at the time it was called Baltimore Social and there was just you know a social league and 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 there were different sports that could be played. So, you know, you could play flip cup, you could play kickball, you could play cup in hand, you could play cornhole, you could play basketball and you could play um, volleyball and you could also play flag football. And because football is, was my like main sport aside from track and field, um, that caught my attention. And so I started playing it and be, because I was acting, when I started playing, I wasn't out there as often. But when the pandemic hit, and they allowed, you know, us to play still because it was outside and you had to get checked and they would check your temperature before you went in and, you know, and 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 we we're outside and playing of that sort. And and it was also kind of an honor code of being like, hey, people, if you if you're feeling sick, if you're uh, like, yes, yes, we're checking temperatures, but, you know, you never know. And so, you know, you kind of just had an honor code. And, and before they even allowed us to start playing again, me and some friends would just meet up in a big field and play, because it doesn't take much to play flag football. You know, we all have our own cleats. We all have our own belt. We all have gloves and a ball. So you can just find a big open space and you can go to town. And so once we got into the groove of that and because theaters were shut down, I was able to be out there way more often. And, and, and I was able to be playing every week and play on multiple teams in that way. and 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 because of that, People who only saw me maybe like once or twice every couple of months because I was playing as many games as I could. But then when a the show started, not not wanting to put my body in harm's way because of the show I would have to stop playing and so I was very very inconsistent when I when I initially started playing but you know you take the silver linings as Stuart Little taught us you know you take the silver (laughs) linings that the pandemic brought and um and one of them was the time to do the other things that you love to do which as I'm sure as you saw friends and I saw friends and family members like find other interests or find time to do the things or the hobbies that they wanted to do and so I was able to do that with Flag football, and and because of because I was out there a lot more, people were able to see like the talent that I had and, and the joy I played with, and and I and I think my early experience in sports and my theater life about teaching me how to collaborate, and then um and, and sports is big about collaboration. It's about you know I'll do my job, you do your job, we won't try to do each other's job, and we'll trust that everybody is going to do their job and just the beauty when that works as you've seen on stage as you've seen as some people have seen on the basketball court football field doesn't matter um, a, a film set whatever like it, it when that when that moment happens where, where everyone is locked into what they're doing and completely trusting everyone else to do their job is it, a beautiful thing and so because I was able to be out there more and more they could see that that's the kind of person I was and because it's a social league and I was I was never the person to go out to somewhere to make friends I was always like hey if I make friends that's great but I'm out here to do to play the sport I'm out here to run around to do that but I was very thankful for the fact that I did end up making friends and I did end up meeting people and because it's a social league people are doing everything else outside of playing flag football so it was neat to be hanging out with people and found that i was playing flag football with some police officers that i was out there playing flag football with volunteer firefighters the fact that i was out there playing flag football with registered nurses and doctors and mechanics and and um salesmen and just all these different like um finance workers bank bankers it it, is it's And and them finding out that that I'm an actor and, and we kinda, you're able to see how people are ticking and how they're operating on the field. And you see that, you see what they do coming through because, you know, as people say, you know, the athletic field is a microcosm of society. It's really neat. And like, you know, you, and some people have cameras and, and so they get stuff on tape. And so you're able to see your accolades, which is always great because, you know, it's always fun to do it. But it's even better when you have some proof of, of your badassness. And so. Um, <laughs> and, and so yeah 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 I would say like yeah it, it's been a it's been a really good time playing flag football and outside of that I've been invited to play kickball and play other sports so it's been neat to start to also expand outside of that as well.
0: Wow that's so cool what a great way to like reengage with community mm-hmm. after a time that you're like completely shut out and away from it. Mm-hmm. My god uh I feel like that must also Benefit how you work on stage, like Mm -hmm. working with people in a team in that capacity, like can only be good for you.
1: Well, and and it it shows you, like, because you know there that there are some some things we say, you know, in theaters, like when they tell you to not to be married to a decision and things of that sort, you know. But it's like, but also some people like you know be married to a decision, but but don't be afraid to drop it off when you need to and the parallel in my opinion that sports and performing have are like ridiculously close to me and and someone else may look at it and disagree but but I personally think that just the uh, you know un- unless you're playing a solo sport but then at some point you know you have solo artists and so you have these things y- it, it, it lines up there's a commitment there's a mentality and especially when you go into the realm of team sports and you go into the realm of doing a show where it's just not about you it's about the cast you know like it, it's the fact that especially you know now you have some some um exceptions with teams who stay together for years but in, in, in a lot of sports there's a quick turnaround There there's a quick turnaround and Because, you know, the shows that that we do, whether it's in D.C. or Baltimore or wherever wherever anyone is living or, you know, in Colorado, these aren't touring shows. And and, and so these shows have a beginning and then they have an end. And there's this window of you coming in to a room with new people and investing into these people and them investing into you and, you know, committing some, you know, to, to some extent, this delusion of closeness as far as like where you are because you're all in this experience experiencing it together and you know that we all have to take steps forward together to get the product that we want and there's no no person left behind and so sports as especially because you know in a social sport and and a lot of people tend to play with the same team from time to time but even when you play with the same teams sometimes a person can't play this this time and so you don't have as many people and so now you got to find someone else that you hopefully know that you can put on your team, but you don't. And so the deadline comes and now you have a free agent who you have no idea who they are. And now you're playing with this person and you have six weeks of ball to play um, a game each week. And then you start the playoffs and and sometimes the playoffs are a week and sometimes they're um, two weeks, but you really have this eight week window of start like meeting with your team. And then the team being done. And now a new season starts. Mm-hmm. And so you have this quick turnaround of having to come into a space with a new person. You having to figure out what that person's strengths are, wh- what that person's perceived weaknesses are. And, and they do the same for you. And now you're doing this dance with everybody as far as coming to the same level, figuring it out, figuring out where everyone fits. And that's also the beauty that I think about when it comes to like football and also theater because you have some people who will poo on other athletes because the athlete can't do it all. And the beauty about football is that no one should be asked to do it all. You can't run or catch, but but you can throw. Okay. You're the quarterback. Hey, you can't um, really throw, but you have really good hands. You're a wide receiver. The whole point is that you're putting everyone in a spot to where they can Put forward their strengths to the overall goal of the group, and I think that that's the same thing that happens on stage, and that's the same thing that happens in theater or film, and and so, so I would definitely say like even though I was in theater before I started playing in this social league, playing in this social league, is and also because it's a co-ed league, and I was and I'm already a, a feminist, and 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 work every day to you know, um, annihilate any toxic masculinity that I have because I know it's there no matter how forward I'm working towards. The innate things are just there. The co- this co-ed league has pushed me even further in that realm because I'm like, yo, I see, I see um, female-identifying people out here giving these men the work. And it's like, hey, look, it, it, it's just more and more reinforcing that for me. So, like, all of these things that I am learning and experiencing in this social league of flag football, even though I've already experienced them in in, in the theater and the stage, it's just reinforcing it. It's just constantly reinforcing it. And it's, yeah, it's great. It's it's just great to like sit and watch and observe that.
0: That's so cool. I don't play a lot of sports because I am a klutz, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I adore watching soccer and have like a team that I've followed for like 15 years and, so much of what you just said reads to me, like the the high turnaround rate, all of that, like I, some of what you just said, I was like, oh yeah, sometimes you're used to doing a show with people for four weeks and then the swings in, oh, <laughs> like you gotta be able to adapt, crazy. Um, So yeah, all of that uh, resonates with me just as somebody who enjoys watching sports. I think that's so cool. I'm glad you're having that uh, experience. Real Salt Lake. They're a soccer team based in uh, like Sandy, Utah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think I
1: saw you post about it. I think I think I saw you thank all of your friends who rode that journey with you. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This whole last season, I decided to bring on all of my DC friends to, to mm-hmm. watch games with me. And that has also been a delight. Gotta love the community that comes from sports. It's delightful. And speaking of community, this season is kind of all about community and how the Shakespeare community can do better by the various communities that we find inside of it. So with you, I am curious, how can the Shakespeare industry do better by the Black community?
1: i will start off by saying (laughs) i do not have all the answers and my answers probably aren't as informed as anyone else's but like you know just from my personal opinion as a person coming from that black community who has found a strong footing in the shakespeare um world well for one thing i think that that um certain theaters are taking these steps to do that like um the Shakespeare Theater Company, as far as with their student matinees, um, Chesapeake Shakespeare Company, as far as with, with their student matinees and me being a company member there and having um, taught in some of um Chesapeake teaching residencies at different schools throughout, throughout Baltimore and throughout the outskirts of Baltimore, um, I have been able to witness firsthand their attempt to go into these schools of um, people of color, uh, primarily on um, Black schools that... I, that I was able to see Um, and whether it's for a week or whether it's for two weeks to try to bring the text to the students and make the text very approachable because I find that for one, anyone, no matter who they are, um, no matter what color they are, um, I think that approaching Shakespeare that early is just gonna be difficult just because it's difficult for people who are older to approach Shakespeare because of the patterns that, that that the words are put in and because of the the glory that is also put on it from certain people in the world as far as how highbrow they try to make it seem and how how upper class they, they try to make it seem and how, how it's not for everyone in a type of way. Um, and I think that I've seen steps to do that, but I think one of the steps, and I think a good example can be seen at um, Brown House, and I haven't seen it, but, but, but just from what I've seen as far as the, the promotions and the couple of people who I know in the cast, um, their production of um, The Tempest is, is it, it just looks like a fun time. You you know what I mean? And 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 um and much ado about nothing at the Shakespeare Theater Company right now, like putting it in a news station and um and because it's public domain, you know, playing with the words and playing with the things and moving them around a little bit and and, and writing a few other things in there to get the point of view that um um our wonderful director Simon has um put on the table that that we have followed headstrong. Um I think understanding that more work is going to have to be put into adapting these pieces to make them approachable because the older and older these pieces get, the further and further away people are getting from them. And so, yeah, you have your certain crowds and I'm sure you can go very period if you want to. You, you, you can make it very high class if you want to. That's not to negate that. But it's to say that if, if the children are the future, the children are the ones who you want growing into have an appreciation for this. Not necessarily that that's, it's their favorite thing, but to have them having a, a, an appreciation for what it is and to have an appreciation for the arts so that even if they personally aren't necessarily into it they believe that hey you know what it should be funded hey they do need to have the money for this because it's important and and the only way to try to help the future of that is to to invest into them now and and the way you invest into them now is making it as approachable as you can because i mean to be honest like me growing up in my neighborhood i i like going to a play like not even a shakespeare uh, play but like a play in general i'm like what What are you talking about like that's not but i'm instantly thinking the first if you would said that to me and said hey you want to go to a play i probably would have i probably would have said to you i'm not rich hmm. you, and and so just knowing that 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 that's how unapproachable it always came off to me i have to believe i wasn't the only one who viewed it as that unapproachable. And the only time you even touch theater was when, you know, as an actor, people tell you, oh, I acted when I was in middle school. You know, I acted. And it was like in this class that you did a piece in, and it was a drama class and you really didn't get to put on any plays because it wasn't funded. And so you're really just doing it all in the classroom. And and there's really no realm for you to even think about that as a future B- because it is it's, it, it doesn't even seem in the realm of, po- of possibility. And, and so I think that it has to be extremely approachable. And and just like these theaters I kind of talked about, you have to make the conscious decision to go into these schools. And, and you have to go into the communities. They aren't gonna come to you because once again, it seems unapproachable. And so if they're not gonna come to you, you have to go to them. And if you're gonna go into that black community, you have to also have enough awareness to understand who you're sending into that black community. Now, I'm not telling you to go find a black representative to send in there and be like, hey, we're white, you're black, go represent us. I'm not telling you to do that because at that point you're just placating and we don't need that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, But but it's an understanding of, if the person that you're sending over there to relate to these children is the person that looks like them, I'm, I'm hoping that that person, is on your board. I'm hoping that that person is somewhere in your system to be having a long-term effect. They're not just in there to go be your ambassador. That's not that's not what we want nor nor what we're asking for. We're asking for for a person who's in the room who's there to stay so that you can have a constant awareness of these different communities, if that's what you're trying to do. And I use it as an example, and I am i won't say the, um, the theater's name just because I, I I do like the theater, but th- there was a casting call for um, Othello at this particular theater. And I saw the casting call for it and I was interested in it but the Othello was already pre-cast. Now, mind you, looking at it now and me thinking about it now, I'm like, Terrence, I could have, I could have totally went in there and auditioned for Iago. I could have totally went in there and auditioned for any other role. I could have went in audition, audition for any other role. And and if I had saw that casting call at maybe like a day earlier or like a day later, I probably would have been in that mentality. But just the fact that I saw it when I saw it. I instantly thought to myself, okay, well, the Black role's taken. And it's a theater that I knew was making attempt to trying to make their casting and their theater more diverse, which I don't doubt the genuineness of, of that desire. But I would also think to myself, okay, cool. Have an awareness about the fact that when people think of Othello, Was the first thing you think of? You think of, oh, Black man. It is what it is, even though there are other renditions of it. It is what it is. And also because of of the racial component that's been played between Othello and Iago so often, that's kind of like almost the first thing that comes to mind. So I have to believe that when other people of color saw that Othello was already precast, and I've had the privilege of playing many of the roles that were nowhere near like a, a Black role, but even with that experience, I still instantly thought, like, just the first thing in my mind was, oh, well, the Black role's taken. Mm-hmm. And so I have to believe that other people who probably haven't been as fortunate as me to play other roles that weren't just, like, Black roles, like, uh, um, of that sort, I have to believe that they also clocked out. And, and so in that way, I'm like, yo, even if you want it, even if you precast your Othello, don't tell us yeah yep. b- b- because the whole point is that you're trying to get us in the room you're trying to get us in there so even if you precast it because so many places do so many theaters precast you can say what you want every role isn't created equal and 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 so even if that's the case you just like you just like cut off your your, your nose despite your face in that moment because you Want more diversity, but now you've cast the role that it is what it is. People, some a, a black male is gonna go oh, well, okay, that that that's done. That's gone,
0: no, and i'll I'll chime in and say, I don't know if it's the same theater that you're thinking of, but I can think of an exact like copy and paste experience where Othello was precast. And I did have multiple black male friends be like, I'm not going in for that. Why would I? Why would I? Yeah. Right. And and
1: and mind you, and and, and like I said, like, and this is not, nothing to say about you know th- those people you know or even myself. But like I said, if 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 I had saw that a day later or a day earlier, who knows? I probably I pro- I probably would have been in the mentality of being like, whatever, the Othello's taken. That's fine. I'm going go there and be. I'm, I'm gonna go audition for Yago or whatever. To me, I just think it was a good attempt, but just slightly often in, in the awareness as far as thinking about what you might be cutting off by, by, by making this decision and not only making this decision, telling us.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, even if you want to go as far as telling people that that's what you're doing, I feel like you could at least then extend like the olive branch of, we are looking at black people for other roles in this show yes because yeah. that is not something that is always clear about when people put up a fellow right yeah
1: yeah it is not understood and it's it's and you shouldn't assume that is it that's is understood you know what i mean like you shouldn't assume that and i'm sure that they probably did that's what i mean i don't think they cast that role and was like yeah our am black Quotas field i don't think that at all i think that if a bunch of People of color walked in there and blew their and, and blew their minds and they were the best actors I'm sure there's a, there, there's the same chance or probability that like the whole cast probably could have been black you know like that that that, that probably could have been on the table. but it's just the fact that like you shouldn't assume that that's understood, especially when you know that diversity is lacking because you're consciously putting in the in the attempt And so like there is the, the it, it, it was just a slight miss. It was a mm-hmm. slight miss, and I think that, like that, that's a moment of awareness that some people probably that that they don't have because they haven't had to have. Yes, and and that's not me. That's not me saying it to, to excuse it. That's me saying that that's Jesse is what it is. Yes, and yeah, 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 and and wow. I think that like that's just a moment of a little bit of like a lack of awareness. But I think that yeah, and like what you just said, like, like when you put a casting call up. Like put it on there, like make it known, and I understand. You know, you're gonna have you're gonna have some people who probably may may be a little uncomfortable with how far you're going about it or whatever. But the pendulum has to swing the pendulum has to swing to an extreme of the other direction before it gets back to the middle. It is what it is. And I think that like, you know, and when there's an extreme, there's going to be some people who, who catch a couple L's like, like I have a friend of mine who said he went he was, he was walking down the street. He saw a casting call and he said that it, it was like looking for white man to play like side character role or whatever. And he looked at it. And and he said, he said, you know what, Terrence, I was like, it sucks that I necessarily have to be alive during this time that this movement is happening, but I understand it. He was like, I understand it. And so there was a moment of like, hey, look, hey, I'm sure there are many black people who lived who were young, like back in the day, who was like, yo, I wish I could be living right now. <laughs> Everybody ain't fortunate to fall in the in the time period of life that we want to fall in. Yeah. Yes,
0: absolutely. There was definitely a period in my life when i was less educated where i was like oh all these roles are getting taken from me and now as i'm i'm more educated i'm like oh no maybe we were taking those roles from them <laughs> like mm, maybe we should think about the balance there and mm, uh yeah. and think about what we see as normal and then right. balance those scales yeah right. yeah ah,
1: i what- and what you just said, like, that's a another way of trying to get in, into those communities like like you you have to try to normalize it to them. You have to try to normalize it. And you and, and the only way to normalize it is to take some bigger swings than what, you know, than what you think you necessarily need to take. And it's not just putting on a black play, you know, in your season. It's putting in a play and having it passed absurdly. You know, like there is and, and, and trusting that people are gonna come in and have that suspension of disbelief and and accept what you're giving them. And 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 because and the more you accept that, hey yeah, this is normal. This is normal. This this father is Japanese, this mother is European, and this child is black, it's fine. It's fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting. I saw a production of Much Ado About Nothing out here in Denver like a couple weeks ago. And it was my first experience seeing Shakespeare outside of somewhere like DC in a long time. And I think for most of the people in the audience, they probably didn't think about this at all. But for me, coming from DC and watching the show... The first thing I thought was like, okay, we have a cast of like 13 actors here. We have one Black man playing Claudio, an Asian woman playing Hero, and an Asian woman playing Margaret, conveniently so you can say that we mistook Hero for that woman. And I was like, we we tried like a little too hard to be like, well, we've got to make sure that we've got two Asian women if we're going to do the mirror thing. But we didn't really think like, that's that's convenient for that world that the only BIPOC people are the people that get mistaken for each other. Like, mm, maybe we should have thought about that a little bit more, but I don't think they do. And like you said, I think it comes from a place of like, We don't have anybody to tell us that that's what the optic is. We don't have anybody to educate us on these things. And we don't have these conversations nearly as much as people in DC have them. I don't think it comes from a place of generally, I mean, there are definitely places where Uh it comes from a place of wanting to leave people out or, or whatever. But I think for the most part, like, yeah, it it's a, I mean, well, but I'm not talking to the right people. I don't right. have the right people employed around me to right. have those conversations with. Yeah, it's
1: well, and like and and I will say this in a way of saying like what progress has been been seen. I went and saw a show probably like half a year ago. Um. So yeah. So we're like six, two, seven months ago. I could be off. You know, time's an illusion. And when I went and saw this show, I went and saw it with a friend of mine. And when we went and saw it, she told me she was like, "Okay, Terrence, just so you're aware, that this is a very white show." And I was like, "Cool." I was like, "Whatever. Let Let's go. <laughs> I'm I'm here to see some theater." And even though I had been warned. It still surprised me every single time a new character came on and was introduced and they were white. It still surprised me each time. And to me, that gave me a good feeling. That that gave me a good feeling that that I was so surprised to see a cast that was all white. And so just having that experience, I was like, okay, all right. There's clearly, even if it's unconscious, there's, there's clearly been a step across the board, in theater, wherever I've gone, to make a, adjustments as far as getting people of color on these stages. And even though I was aware of that, it, it took that experience of being just taken aback to, to every single time a person came on stage, they were white. And I was like, wait, wait, that person is white as well? But like I said, it it was a good feeling that I got about having that feeling. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I definitely can't think of an experience that I've had in the theater, I think in the last like five years where that has been the case. So like, yeah, I agree. It's, we're taking baby steps, but... The hope is that, like, maybe we take some teenager steps soon. Like, we gotta grow. We gotta grow. We
1: gotta grow. We gotta grow. Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah. And I guess with that in mind, do you have any, like, characters or shows that you would like to see produced with the Black community in mind?
1: Ooh, yeah. Like, I would say... And I say this specifically, not necessarily that I think that that the story would change, I- including pe- people of color, but it is just one of my favorite um, Shakespeare plays. Um, and I would just love to see Comedy of Errors Ooh. in an all-Black cast. You know what I mean? Like Yes. <laughs> it's <laughs> it is because of the absurdity of like it's it 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 and it could be that it was one of my like i think it was like the first professional shakespeare show i ever saw and mm-hmm. it was um at the um alabama shakespeare festival oh, and wow. um and 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 it was around um 2007 or 8 maybe somewhere in there and um and a, a good friend of mine and um, inspiration to me, um, Esau Pritchett. He was in that production of Comedy of Errors, and I had never seen anything like it. You know, I like I hadn't experienced a Shakespeare play on stage yet. I hadn't ex and and so for that to be the first one that I experienced, just these two sets of twins, <laughs> like <laughs> both basically walking the same lives. And and it all starts because this captain sits down and somebody's telling them a story or he's telling the story. And, it, and it's it just holds a such a special place in my heart. And so I would love to see Comedy of Errors and, and, and an all black cast. And I mind you, I have had I have been able to have the experiences on um, because of, of being um close to art centric theater um in Baltimore, which is a not not just a um all black theater company, but a people of color um di- diverse theater company. Um, I've been able to see an all black cast of Aida slash be a part of that. I I've, I was also able to be in slash see an all black production of Little Shop of Horrors, and and there there are definitely experiences when you see these shows in, in black hands, and because of our knowledge and experience of black people in the history of this country, it, you, it it can't help but fuel and it can't help but enhance and color and color in um, and, and <laughs> different ways. Um, and, and I doubt that that would not be the case with comedy of errors, obviously. <laughs> But yeah, you know, I I would just love to see it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love that idea. I got to see um Midsummer at the Folger when they just did it and that was not an all black cast, but it was a largely black cast and very clear that like the actors were told like do what you feel comfortable doing, ad lib, like bring humor that your community is going to understand. And it was outrageously funny The like there was just like a beautiful irreverence for the text um like they they were reverent with it when they were speaking it but then there was just ad-libbing in a way that like felt so familiar even as a white person living in dc and so i can imagine if you're a black person sitting in that theater it's probably the first time you've ever related to Shakespeare in that way and uh, like I think kind of like you said at the beginning a, a very nice way to like bridge the gap with the community and and make it feel more accessible um
1: that is also so, yeah. ours as well you know it's not just theirs it's ours as yes. well you know it's yes. like yeah, yeah
0: yeah it was it was beautiful and hilarious and like one of my favorite Shakespeare experiences in DC in general. Midsummer is like middle of the line funny for Shakespeare. I feel like Comedy of Errors, I have never left without like busting a gut laughing. I love that place so much. I would so love to see it in the hands of the black community. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 and especially because, and 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 the thing that I look forward to in that moment is that like you get to see the power of like um, black women. Yes. In in that show, you know what I mean, and you get definitely. To, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh wow what a great suggestion thank you for bringing glass to the table I hope (laughs) it inspires people to do it um awesome well before we wrap up Terrence do you have anything else that you would like to add
1: um no I don't think so you were lovely in allowing me to, to to ramble as I am one to do so so, um yeah, I appreciate it. it, it, it this was great. Th- thank you for, you know, giving platforms and things of that sort. So, so like, that's, that's always very appreciative. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm happy to. I'm happy to. Thank you so much for being on the show. I know we have been trying to do this for a long time like since before this season even existed so i am so very happy i got to have you on and very much enjoyed your ramblings thank you (laughs) for bringing them to the table um yeah so i think that's where we can wrap up for the day uh we'll see y'all next week if you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Terrence and Bulls with the Bard at the handles either on your screen or in the description. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and we will be back for another episode of A Plague next week. Until then, bye all A thousand thousand sighs to save, oh, lay me where sad true lover Never find my grave To weep there